Hey, I'm Roberta Plevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates as we debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, frauds, scams, and multi-level marketing. Join us for a month of holiday magic with the stories and guests that you've been asking for. Happy holidays, Huns. Hey, Hun Bots and Hun Bros. It is so good to be sitting down at this microphone and recording this right now. I have literally had (laughs) the worst week of my life. I never get sick. And it was my fault for saying that out loud because the sick gods heard it and they were like, (laughs) really? Let us uh, let us knock you down a peg. So yeah, I got sick. I thought it was food poisoning. And then I found out that my sister had been sick and I'd hung out with her and her kids. And so I'm not really sure. I'm thinking it was probably something like norovirus. It was really bad. Like it knocked me down. This episode was actually supposed to be a bonus episode and I was probably 10 minutes from being done when it hit. And honestly, this thing, and I'm so sorry, TMI, it was on the hour every hour and there was absolutely no way that I was going to be able to sit down and get anything done. I spent like five days in bed just on DayQuil and NyQuil, just drinking as much water as I possibly could. I think I maybe ate like half a sleeve of saltine crackers the entire time. I am about 98% now. I'm feeling better and I'm here and we're publishing this. Everybody that was on the Patreon um, knew because I said, hey, sorry, this is not happening. And then I posted something on Instagram. So if you were wondering where the episode was, it's probably because you don't follow me on social media. And that's okay. I had no other way of letting you know that I was out of commission uh, for the time being. But I am back. And we are good. We are golden. We are moving forward. And it's okay. Sometimes life happens, right? And we just have to say, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen today. That's really hard for me to be like, I'm disappointing people. But the amount of support and well wishes that I got from all of you was really lovely. And I really appreciated it. So thank you for allowing me (laughs) the time to be sick. I know that's kind of weird to say. Uh, But thank you for, for giving me that space to be sick and to get better. And I'm back. It's nice to be here. I want to preface this episode, you know, December, our holiday magic month is really just sort of a loose cannon and we have stories and and people that come on and they're just kind of the most fun and wild episodes. I think I try to save it all for the end of the year. And this one is definitely no exception at all. I want to say um, this probably is the episode that has the most F-bombs in it out of every single episode, because we're talking to Ashley Love Richards of the podcast That's So Fucked Up. And well, we just say it a lot in this episode. So if that's a word you don't really like, you might want to skip it. But I'm telling you, it's a really funny episode. And you might be sad you missed it. Uh, We talk about all kinds of different things. Her podcast really sort of encompasses all of that stuff. And so we really go down many, many rabbit holes with Ashley. She is lovely. And if you want to follow her, all of her stuff is in the show notes so that you can do that really easy. But I think it's really cool because we talk a little bit about Christmas festivals and some really interesting and odd Christmas festivals. 
and it's just kind of cool. So I think you will enjoy this episode if you can stand the profanity. It's not like gratuitous. We just kind of say it a lot. And if you are a member of the Patreon, there is a lot of bonus content in this episode. I cut out quite a bit of our chicken scratch tangents that we go on. Try to keep the focus, you know what I mean? So if you are interested in that, check out the Patreon episode. Other than that, I am just getting back into the swing of things, getting back into not being sick and being a waking member of society. So I don't have a ton of extras this week, and I do apologize for that. There will be more extras as the month goes on. I appreciate your understanding (laughs) in this matter. Uh, I just, sometimes I just do way too much. And then life is like, hey, Roberta, you should take a break. And then Jane Marie is like, hey, Roberta, you should take a break. And then the sickness is like, hey, Roberta, guess what? You're getting that break, whether you want to take it or not. I also want to welcome our newest members to the Patreon, Emily Lynn Paulson and Carrie Bonnert. It is so great to have you. And I had to, oh, I was so heartbroken. I had to cancel a live chat with Emily on the Patreon because I got sick. So if you are a member of the Patreon, stay tuned for that because we will be rescheduling as soon as we can. I want to say thank you to all of the great feedback on Jane's episode. Uh, It was such a pleasure to have her on. And it's really good to hear that you guys enjoyed it as well. I really want to make content over here that you want to listen to. That's kind of the whole point, right? Uh, So yeah, I really appreciated all of the feedback that you gave me on that episode. And I am excited to share all of the rest of the episodes this month. It's it's a good month. You are really going to enjoy all of this. So without further ado, let's just get this episode published already. Okay, enjoy. And I will see you hopefully on Wednesday, you know, unless, I don't know, a snowstorm happens or the internet goes out or I get sick again, heaven forbid. Oh my God, knock on wood. That's not happening. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, there's really no topic other than I'm talking to somebody who does pretty much the exact same thing I do in the cults and the frauds and the scam space as well. And we're just going to talk. She's She found something on Facebook and we're just going to go. I'm completely and wholly unprepared. It's going to be a wild ride. I'd love to welcome to the show <laughs> Ashley Richards from the podcast. That's so fucked up. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, Roberta. And good morning, Vietnam, to your listeners. Is Can we still say that? I don't know. We were talking about all of the things that are sort of just randomly part of our vernacular because we were raised by boomers and we're slowly finding out that they don't always have the greatest connotations and roots. Maybe. It's a movie quote. I was going to say it's a movie quote from it's Robin, Robin Williams, Williams. who's... <laughs> A national, if not worldwide treasure. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, you guys. Let us know if it's not okay for some reason. Also, I was quoting Michael Scott quoting Robin Williams. (laughs) Yeah, we were just talking about how hard it is to keep up with all these things you've heard your whole life. And then you're like, oh, that's a racial slur. Okay. Yeah. What? God damn it. Like, fuck. Absolutely. And then I feel horrible. Uh Uh-huh. Right. I'm like, oh, great. But, well, I think if you're willfully ignorant, that's one thing. But 
as long as you're willing to listen and engage and learn and grow and correct your mistakes, then there's no need to feel bad. We're trying our best out here, right? Absolutely. I'm always trying to grow and be better than I was the day before. And that's all I can ask for. I'm, I'm breaking stigmas and deconstructing all kinds of things in my life. So Grow every day, Roberta. That's yeah. what Jesus wants. He wants everyday growth. Yeah. Well, Jesus wants a lot. Jesus <laughs> wants a lot out of me. I don't have the spoons for all the things. <laughs> That's what she said. Sorry. Okay. I will. It's like three minutes in and I'm two office references in. So right. I will cut the shenanigans. So before we get into your Facebook treasure, Ooh. let's just talk about anybody who's listening right now who has never heard of your show, doesn't know who you are, please inform us, introduce yourself, talk about what you do, and maybe get some new followers. I would love that. Hi, guys. I feel like I'm – now I'm nervous. I feel like I'm pitching myself. Hi, I'm Ashley Richards, <laughs> host and creator of That's So Fucked Up, the podcast, a podcast about cults, murder, and other generally fucked up stuff. I used to call it a true crime podcast, and now I'm a little bit – it is, but it's also not because right. I think when people think of true crime podcasts, they generally think of murder, and that's what most true crime podcasts cover is murder. And I know you talk a lot about ethical true crime and kind of why are we talking about those cases unless we're learning from them or right. making a difference. It's just regurgitating – and hey, guilty is charged. Like, has everybody heard Bundy? Yeah. Have I covered him? Yes. So I'm not always perfect, you know, but as I learn and grow as a podcaster, I've definitely tried to start focusing more on just, you know, if we're talking about a single victim, we try to make the episode a lot more about them versus the perpetrator. It's a little bit harder when it's a serial offender because their victims can really add up. But I would say that within the last year, I've, well, I've always, cults have been my jam. And then the further I got into my podcast, I was like, okay, but is everything a cult? And then I started to think of cults as more on a spectrum. And my tagline is, it's not a cult, it's just a podcast, but really it's a cult. And it is a little culty. You know, I'm sure your podcast is a little culty too. You have your followers and you guys are all <laughs> fucking tight knit. It's and, pyramid shaped. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to know the fucking handshake and shit. But you know what? Actually, I should tell you that Lula Rich is what got me on the, oh my God, MLMs are cults train. So thank you. You're so welcome. And their stinky leggings, yeah. you know. Dead rat pool party. <laughs> I, I thought it was so funny. In the documentary, they were like, oh my, wait, you guys are, this is a smear job? Are you kidding me? It's like. No, you guys are horrible. Like, how did you not realize what that was going to be? Well, I mean, if you've ever seen any of Jenner and Julia's other documentaries, you know that they're notorious for usually getting the bad guy to appear in the documentary. They had Billy McFarland in Fire Fraud. They had the pill mill doctor and the pharmacist. So it's like they do their work. They get the bad guy to literally say the quiet things out loud, you know, so... They should have done the research. That's on them. <laughs> which connects to my story coming up, which I'm very excited about. I'm not because I'm worried about a friend, but I'm excited to share this with you. Okay. 
But I'll get to that. So I watched Lula Rich and then covered Lula Rowe. And then I did a season on my spinoff, That's So Fucked Up Presents, which is also on the same feed called MLM Mayhem. And we looked at the OG Amway. Amway. Um, which, by the way, somebody left me a negative comment and they were like, and then when Ashley started bagging on Amway, I just could not. I live in a small town in da-da-da-da and Amway has done countless things for our community. And I was like, okay, hon, get out of my comments. Bye. She's probably from Ada, Michigan. Ada, Michigan is where the Amway headquarters is. It's a very small town. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Michigan. Really? She said Michigan. Called it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, she babe. was not happy. We have a whole episode on that. She was not happy with what we had to say about Amway. No. And then from that season, a listener realized that their daughter's best friend had her family has been in Amway for 20 years, living in a broken down motorhome. They pulled her out of school at 16 to join the family business. No. And I was like, oh, my God, kidnap her and show her anti-Amway things. And then I said, no, don't do that. I know that's not the right way to go. It's just really what I want you to do. But I understand that that's not how you get people out of cults. Unfortunately, they really don't like hearing that they're in a cult. And then they get really defensive. Anyways, I'm getting kind of sidetracked. So LuLaRoe, I was like, okay, MLMs are cults. And I already knew cults are cults. And then Jared Leto and Gwyneth Paltrow are doing their weird culty things. Oh, yes. And then, you know, I already knew because I watched Jesus Camp in 2006. Mm -hmm. Have you watched that? Okay. Oh, yes. (laughs) I watched it in 2006. I was 19. I was like, mind blown. What? And then I moved on with my life because I was a youngster. And then I watched it again recently. And I was like, did I just go back to the future? Because they were like, no abortion. Hey, six-year-olds, admit your sins and promise to go into politics to take abortion away. And I was like, I'm sorry, did my abortion rights not just get taken away or am I tripping? Have you not seen Shiny Happy People? Well, I was going to say, and then as you know, I know you've seen it. Then I watched Shiny Happy People and I was like, oh my God, it's all coming together. Yeah. It's all the Jesus camp kids as adults. Yes. So I was like, okay, it's not. I had always kind of debated like, what religions are cults? And I was like, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness. I'm coming after you guys openly. Like, I don't care. Sorry, you're abusive and I know it. And then, you know, obviously there's a lot of like yoga cults. My shirt says it's not just yoga, you guys. Because (laughs) I went to a, we'll just call it yoga so I don't have, well, Kirtan, it's like practiced at yoga studios and stuff sometimes. It's like call and response okay. between you and whoever's playing the instrument. And you're singing God's names in Sanskrit. And I was newly sober. So I was like, yeah, let's give this a try. And then one day they were like, okay, but you know there's only one truth, right? And I was like, isn't that weird? I have to go. <laughs> Look who needs to get back to sober living. <laughs> it's time, you know. And then I never went back. I was pretty young and vulnerable, but I knew that if anybody told me I have all the answers, that that person was wrong and I should run. I just like (laughs) had that feeling. So that was pretty good. And then, you know, with shiny, happy people, I was like, these people don't give a fuck about God or Jesus or religion. They don't give a fuck about 
babies or pro-life. They care about controlling people, women especially. They love that. You know, I think personally, world domination. I don't think that personally. It's it's a stated goal. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty stated. <laughs> I'm just trying to tread a little bit lightly around that step still because – the, uh, you know, statistically in America, one in three people are evangelical and 80% believe in God. So, you know, it's, you got to be careful. And then I listened to a little bit culty with Sarah and Nippy. Sounds like a cult with Amanda Montel. So I kind of started recognizing all of these through lines and realizing that it's not so much cults necessarily that are a problem because like I said I think those exist on a spectrum but high control coercive groups yeah that's the problem that's what's wrong so you guys if you go to my website tsfuthepodcast.com there's actually a tab that says from the cultiverse and it's all of my cult-based episodes I did a season on MLMs I did a season on Jonestown Next month, we are premiering a season where we talk to Lindsay Williams from Shiny Happy People about fundamentalist influencers, which is, whoa. We talk to Catherine Spearing from Uncertain Podcast and mm -hmm. Tears of Eden. And then we are diving into the documentary and all of these crazy sub themes like TLC as a modern day freak show slash fundamentalist propaganda machine, the quiverful movement, Joshua generation, lots to get into, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we've, we've done a little bit, but all that stuff is coming up too. So yeah, get prepared. So listen to both of our pods, you guys, cause we're going deep. Yeah. That's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> All kinds of crossover. All kinds of crossover. Absolutely. Yeah. But so on my website from the Cultiverse, you can find all of the stuff I've done. It's, I think, probably 70 episodes or more about cults. Wow. And cult-like groups. So yeah, like I said, kind of my jam. And speaking of ethical true crime, I don't think that there's much I can do about murder. I don't feel passionate about becoming a homicide detective or anything like that. But I do think that people like us speaking out against these groups and creating awareness is so important. So I'm sure that there are people who end up listening to one of our shows and I'm sure collectively a few people haven't joined MLMs or weird coercive groups from listening to us or listening to these other cult podcasts, Dr. Yanya Lalik says statistically, most people come out of cults by listening to survivors of their own cults talk openly about their experience. Yeah. And I was an AA for a while, which is a little bit culty. Also, that person who stood up for Amway and was like, and then when she called AA a cult, I had to nope the fuck out of there. And I was like, Listen, I didn't say it was a cult. I said it's a little bit culty. And I think there are some destructive parts about it. But I, I didn't say it is a cult and that it's all destructive. My ass needed like a little bit of control and, you know, like in the beginning. Then it became maladaptive for me and I had my own techniques of staying sober. 
But the kind of like you're either with us, you're in or out mentality, yeah. charismatic leader, you know, we celebrate him. And- yeah, the cult of Bill W. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, are you a friend of Bill W? <laughs> I'm not, but I have friends of friends. Well, that's, that's how you ask like secret code. Oh, see? I didn't even know. I didn't know that was a AA dog whistle and now I do. Oh, is, oh, is a dog whistle a secret code? I didn't know that. <laughs> Okay. You said that earlier and I was like, totally dog whistle. Mm -hmm." Yeah. Secret code. Okay. If you're a friend of Bill W, then, (laughs) you know, maybe I'll see you in the rooms if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So anyways, that's a little about me. I Luckily, I've not gotten deep into any coercive groups, but I just have a lot of interest and passion and compassion And yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I mean, that's what it takes. You know, there's so many advocates that are really great in these kind of spaces, culty spaces and and anti-MLM and things like that, who they themselves were never personally involved. Maybe they had a mom or a friend or something that got them inspired, but they themselves were never personally involved. And they make fantastic advocates. Like you don't have to have personal experience. And I think these themes and and genres and whatever we call them topics they're more accessible I think than murder I've made this comparison before when people ask me like why do you think people are so fascinated with MLMs and and true con is what I call it because it's you know it's a it's under the umbrella of true crime but it's more white collar crime so I call it true con and why do you think people are so fascinated with true con and I say, honestly, I think it's because it really could. I mean, murder could happen to anyone, too, but it really could happen to anyone. And it could be like, you know, you could join an MLM. Your friend could join an MLM. You probably already have or you've bought from something. And it's instead of that six degrees of Kevin Bacon where you're like, I knew someone in my town. It's like that happened to me. And so there's such a close personal connection. I got hay hunt last week. Yeah. And there's this really close personal connection Yeah. Where you can go, wait a second, I felt that way. That's a whole thing. Like there's a reason like, oh, they have the answers as to why I get these messages. And then also the understanding of what's going on behind those messages and how to respond to them or how to politely ignore them or whatever. People have those questions because it's it's this weird anomaly that continues to happen. And people are like, wait, what is going on? Like, why do I keep getting vitamin people (laughs) popping in my, you know, what's the new thing? I don't know. Skinny tea or whatever it is, you know, like, why do people keep coming in and doing this? And it's like, because they're part of an MLM. And then a lot of people are like, oh, like Avon? And I'm like, yes, come listen to my podcast. Come, it will answer all of your questions. (laughs) All of your questions will 100% be answered. (laughs) Yeah, come on over. Avon, that's, again, one of the OGs. It's like, yeah, Avon is one of a thousand. Yeah. Well, here's the really interesting thing about Avon is it was one of the OG door-to-door sales back in the day. But when MLMs became legal in 1979 with the Amway versus FTC case, a lot of the door-to-door sales companies became MLMs because now you could legally become a pyramid scheme. And it's very, very profitable if you own a pyramid scheme. But Avon didn't actually become an MLM until 2005. Oh, I don't know why they waited so long. I don't know if there was, I'm sure there's something. I'm sure someone's listening going, I know, please email me. But they didn't join the DSA and become an MLM until 2005. And I'm not even sure if US Avon is still a part of the DSA anymore. I know Dave Vaughn would know, but there's all kinds of weird stuff. (laughs) They didn't like how people were getting away with 
bad behavior and I think they dipped out or someone else did. It's very convoluted and confusing. It all is. I can't remember all of the things. It's all very convoluted and confusing. Yeah. And because where the fuck is the government regulation <clears throat> lobbyists? I don't know. Just, you know, it's just a guess. Yeah. No, MLM have their own lobbyists. It's a $190 billion a year industry. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that's more than the NFL, music, and Hollywood combined. Combined. Shut the fuck up. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. I know. Get out, Roberta. You're like, this is my podcast. Isn't that wild? That is wild. And then, okay, <laughs> so here's my question to you. First of all, actually, I have a comment mm -hmm. slash question. I don't think I talked to a single person that after my MLM season said, Hey, you know what? I've never had somebody slide into my DMs and I've and or I've never been to a party. I've gotten sucked into like Teflon pan parties, alkalized water parties, you know, and it's fucking sneaky. It's like, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? And then all of a sudden I'm getting sold the pans that my dinner was made on. <laughs> Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard-approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. 
They have become an absolute favorite and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton doll scoop neck tee and some sneakers and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. And this is bullshit. What else oh, have I been yeah. to? Relatable. I feel like I've been to another one, probably. But everybody's at least been to a party or had a friend who, you know, I had a friend who did Herbalife. And I was like, that was a good strawberry smoothie. But what was the price per smoothie? $8? I can, I saw a protein powder at Trader Joe's the other day. I don't know. I feel like that's probably gonna work all right for me probably better Herbalife has a lot of problems with liver issues allegedly I think we we covered them and you just have this encyclopedic knowledge where I'm just like I don't know they're all sleazy as fuck and yeah so okay (laughs) here's my question are you ready I am Actually, so my follow-up question was, do you talk to many people who have have never had any kind of contact with MLMs? That is so rare, right? I've never experienced it. There are people who message me and say, I've never been in an MLM. But then it's like my sister, my friend, my boyfriend, my college roommate. I went to this party. I bought this toothpaste. I did this thing, but I never joined one. I don't think I've ever found anybody that's been like, I never joined one. I never bought from anything. I never got invited to a party. I never was harassed by a friend. Because even if you're staunchly anti-MLM and you're like, I will never support it because I know what it is from day one, you're still going to have people in your life that are like, want to come to a party and like harass you. And even you're like, I don't want to do this. Please stop asking me. So I'm sure there's probably someone out there, but they don't listen to my show because they don't, they've never been a part of it. So they don't care, you know? Right. (laughs) I haven't met them yet. (laughs) Yeah. So these people who are completely untouched by the MLM world are hard to come by. So have you heard of first form? 1-S-T-P-H-O-R-M. Yes. Okay. So I have have culty spidey senses. Okay. I can fucking whiff out a cult a mile away. I'm like, (laughs) I smell a cult. What's happening? So I see my friend has been losing a lot of weight looking good you know she's at the gym all the time she's getting snatched she's been losing weight in a healthy way so I've been like good for you so proud trying to support her journey which I cannot be supportive of any longer because I see pictures and she's camping and it's like oh I'm first of all promoting her her amazing healthy lifestyle oh it's so good to get out into nature so grateful then I see a first form shirt. And then I see hashtag I am first form. And I'm like, well, I smell an MLM. Mm-hmm. So I go into the Reddit rain of fire and ring of fire, rain of, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. It gets spicy in Reddit. <laughs> and can I actually, can I please read this to you? Yeah. This is from anti-MLM Reddit. 
It sure is. The abyss known as anti-MLM Reddit. All right. Oh, man. They were very helpful. That's how I figured out a lot of things. And I still use anti-MLM Reddit to this day. I just don't comment on things. Sometimes I upvote things, though. (laughs) Somebody says, hi, made a friend, and she was talking about doing first form for weight loss and becoming a, quote, coach. And I was like, well, that sounds very beach body. Blah, 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 blah. Lots of opinions, which they're tricky because a lot of people in this anti-MLM subthread are like, no, they're not. And maybe it's not clearly stated on the internet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, under their own website or whatever. But somebody says, this is amazing. I work at First Form, so I'll speak on it and maybe provide some clarification. At the HQ, we have people called Legionnaire Coaches. As people sign up to be a Legionnaire, which means they can earn a commission off selling our products, in short, affiliates. Legionnaire Coaches aren't required to go out and seek people to sign up. It's all off when people want to be a Legionnaire. Coaches earn a percent based on how well their Legionnaires do, and each coach has a sort of field they're good at. Could be supplements, nutrition, social media, etc. And the coaches try to help the Legionnaires as best as possible. It's been thought first form is a pyramid scheme, but that's not the case. Also, Legionnaires have to buy a certain amount of products or gift cards, and that's so if they sell products, they sell what they take. Because if you take something and believe in it, people are a lot more likely to trust you. I'm sorry. Did the HQ fucking first form person not just explain to us exactly why it's an MLM? And a pyramid scheme. I would love to clarify by telling you exactly why we are what you think we are (laughs) using different words. I could not. My best argument for hearing things like that is if you have to train the people in your organization what to say when someone asks them whether or not you're a pyramid scheme, you're a pyramid scheme. Mm, That's a good argument. Like, I, I don't know any other industry that does that aside from pyramid schemes. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like in cults where they tell you ahead of time, oh, they're going to persecute us. Mm -hmm. So don't believe them because that's coming. Hello, same cult tactic. Yes. Yes. So what is your advice? And okay, so now this is a good friend of mine and someone who listens to my show. Ooh. So. They're so close. Ashley, they're so close. How how do they get caught up in this? Like these MLMs are so sneaky that they can even convince people who are somewhat in the know. No, but we're not an MLM. Right. <laughs> no, that's not us. But if you drink our shakes, we do believe that you now possess the power to be a nutritional coach for others. Right. Which is a very dangerous thought and statement. Well, then they have to buy a minimum of product or gift cards if they can't get the product is what you read, which is strange. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. They have to buy a certain amount of something, even gift cards. What the fuck is that? Right. That's the pay to play. Well, you know, if you don't need the product, like if you don't need a bunch of shake and you don't want it to go bad because it expires, then you can buy gift cards and then you can buy the shakes on the gift cards later. Or you can give the gift cards out to your friends who are 
weary of joining. They just want to try something. So I'm going to give you this gift card and you can buy whatever you want because I'm required to buy it because I'm in a pyramid scheme and that's the pay to play aspect of being in a pyramid scheme. So, okay. So they're telling you, you can buy gift cards is their way of giving a loophole to themselves. Yeah. There's always a loophole to them. There's always a loophole. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't. I mean, this is different than, look, if Beachbody reps could buy gift cards instead of opening up ghost accounts, there'd be a lot less cats selling Beachbody. <laughs> like literal. Do you know what I mean? cats? Yes, because I know you know Michelle. I do. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Anytime I can bring up the fact that Michelle signed her cat up for Beachbody, I will. <laughs> Meow. Do you want to get fucking hot and fit? <laughs> want to get catty? It's time to get your body into beach shape. Here's what's my <laughs> announcement, you guys. If you are in a body, like if you have one, hey, even if you don't, mm -hmm. whatever you're existing in, you're you're on the beach. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beach body. Based on where I feel I need Botox... I've had a face of what the fuck is going on for probably my whole life. It's the brow crease. <laughs> it's just like, uh, what is this? Yeah. I think I came out of the womb just being like, this is fucking insane. <laughs> the scowl on your this face. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. What am I doing here? Help yeah. me, you guys. I need Botox. <laughs> help me i'm poor yeah i literally just watched that actually i needed a background <laughs> funny thing because digging into christian nationalists and christian fundamentalists in evangelicalism and how that differs from christian fundamentalism and then how that differs from christian nationalism and there's the trad wives do you know about those oh yes my head is fucking spinning. The more I know, the less I know. And then I'm also reading a book right now. I'm reading two. One called, oh, here's another huge cult. One called Help at Any Cost by Maya Salazar. It's amazing. It's about the troubled teen industry. Okay, yeah. And then I'm reading another book called The Real Lolita about the kidnapping of Sally Horner. Because hello, if you guys didn't know, Lolita was a real fucking person. <gasps> Nabokov or whatever that fucking weirdo's name is totally stole a lot of the story from a real case and just denied it till his grave. Oh, my God. Which is weird. If he admitted it, it'd be less weird. But the fact that like he was just trying to be like, no, I didn't know that this horrible thing happened. And I just decided this would make a really sensational novel. So my point is, is that I had to put on bridesmaids because my head was spinning <laughs> right yeah I have to break it up too so you asked for advice of, of what you mm -hmm. should do for your friend who's stuck in first form have they reached out to you in any way they have not okay I just went onto Facebook today which is super rare I same like, it's, it's time you have to go check the notifications and see if there's anything like really important ashley i hate it i hate it there and i hate twitter i don't same and tiktok i don't want to be in these places but anyways that's where people are i like tiktok 
but only sometimes. I go through these like really highs and lows with TikTok. So if people are like watching and they see me posting videos all the time, then they know that I'm like on a TikTok high and I'm like, yeah, this place is great. And then if I'm in a lull, I just, you just got to wait for me to come back. It's just too much. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I need a break. It's a lot happening over there. It is a lot. It's a lot. And then I was covering stuff that was happening over Labor Day weekend and, uh, it just there was so much happening with Burning Man and Izu and all of these things and the Danny Masterson trial was happening and all of these things were happening at the same time and I was like it's too much I know all of that except for Izu everyone's like cover this next cover this next cover this next and I was like I I can't do this what the fuck is Izu <gasps> oh my god I've never talked about Izu let's talk about Izu it was something that I literally learned about this goes into scams I hate scammers. I knew nothing about this. I am not in the EDM circles. I don't listen to EDM. I've never been to a rave. I love EDM. Okay, so it's just not my jam. I have friends that are super into it, and so things come across my algorithm, right? What up, ravers? Hit me up. Let's go. (laughs) No, I don't actually like raves because I realize that raves are mostly toddlers in lingerie on a lot of ecstasy. I like EDM shows where it's other adults who are just like down to hear a bass drop. Yeah. So um, for anybody wondering what the difference is, it's that because I've been to raves in my younger years and ended up at one accidentally recently. And I was like, oh, no, this is not where I want to be. So anyways, Izu. Okay. Sorry. I had- so – Anybody that follows me on TikTok is like, yes, finally, because we covered this whole thing. I have so many videos on a thing I didn't know existed until I was randomly tagged in something. So <gasps> can I guess what it is? Sure. Is it does it have to do with big cats and like exotic Joe? And- no. Okay. No. Never mind. But then. the reason I got tagged in it is because I cover a lot of Billy McFarland stuff. <laughs> Because he's my favorite scammer of all time. That fucking guy. And he's out of prison and he's doing his thing. And so I like to follow him. I follow him on Instagram and TikTok. And I'll cover when he says dumb things, which is often. But he also posts like me. He'll post a lot and then he goes quiet for a while. Should we go to Firefest too for research? (laughs) (laughs) Some of my followers have already offered to crowdfund me a ticket and I was like, I don't know. Stop it. Anyway. You have to. We'll talk about it. That's another episode for me. (laughs) This is about Izu. Okay, Izu. So I've been covering Billy and what he's up to and Fire 2 and all of this stuff, like literally everything. And so I got tagged and Billy was quiet that weekend. One of my followers was like, oh my God, Roberta, have you seen this? What's going on? It's like Firefest all over again. So I clicked... And I was watching this video and essentially what had happened was there was this EDM festival, Izu, short for Electric Zoo. And they had this big three-day festival planned over Labor Day weekend. And the first day got canceled like two hours or something before the gates were supposed to open. Mm -hmm. And they're like, sorry, guys, the first day is not going to happen. Like, we'll see you tomorrow. And so people were like, it's Firefest. Like, this festival's not happening. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And so we were on, like, Izu Watch. And there were people that were commenting saying, like, I'm in New York. I just rode my bike by. Like, I live right down the street. Like, they don't even have the stages built. They don't have anything done. You know, a friend of mine said that that they're having problems with, like, permitting in the city. Like, we got to get to the bottom of this. 
And so I'm like heading to Instagram. I went to Izu's Instagram and all of the videos were like these gorgeous AI 3D renders of what the stages were going to be like no. stage four reveal. Watch out. No. Stage three reveal. Do, 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 do. Like flames and lights and like <laughs> lasers and like gorgeous if it actually happened, right? Fucking AI, dude. Right? I start taking screenshots of things. And then I start going into the comment section of these posts where people are like, hey, this the first day is canceled. Sorry. And I start screenshotting what people are saying. Because I was like, just in case there's a lawsuit and people delete things, like, I'm going to get the good stuff Hell for yeah. posterity, right? Yes. So I start doing this. And then there are people that start following me going, oh, I'm so glad you're covering this. Like, I just got an email that said they're going to open, like, tomorrow is for sure. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I just got the screenshot that my friend who's a crew member on the stage says that, like, they're really, really going to be surprised if it opens on time and if everything's done. Someone was like, I drove by yesterday or like the two days before and they hadn't even started building the stages yet. So I'm totally not surprised that nothing's done. And I was like, okay. And this is on this little island. I forget the name of the island, but this little island in New York City that's like right next to Rikers Island. So there's like one road that goes onto it. And then there's like a footbridge that goes onto it as well. So it's not totally isolated. People can get off and on this island, but they were not allowing Ubers or ride shares. You either had to like take the public transit or walk kind of thing because they didn't want the traffic because they were expecting like 70,000 people or something ridiculous. Like it was just ridiculous. So we're all waiting, waiting for day two. And I'm like, being like, we'll be back tomorrow with, with whatever we can find. <laughs> Countdown. Yeah. And people are like, it's been postponed two more hours. And so like it kept getting pushed back. And people are like, is it actually going to open? Well, it did. It opened. But for some reason, and I don't know why this is, because I literally haven't had to use Will Call in the longest time because of Apple tickets or like Apple Wallet, right? My tickets are just electronically sent to me. Yeah. The Will Call lines to pick up people's wristbands and tickets and things ends up being like five hours long. And the majority of people that went on day two don't even get into the festival because they're <gasps> in line waiting for their tickets. This one woman is like, I had a three-day no. pass. You canceled the first day. I'm stuck in the line for the second day. Like, am I going to get in on the third day? Like, I never even got my wristband. People are freaking out. People are passing out in line because they can't get water because the wristband indicate like you have to use the wristband to like no. activate the water. So they can't get water. Um, they're like, please, can you just sell us some water bottles? They're like, no, you, <gasps> you need the wristband. People are claiming and I had like multiple people had said this from multiple different places. So I believe it that they saw security guards taking $50 bribes to allow people to cut in front of the line to get their passes first people were saying that the stages that were set up weren't fully set up and that two of the main stages were not even set up at all and instead of like postponing performances like if you were supposed to go on at two and they don't open until three like you're just not going on so they had like artists flying in from all over the country they get there and they're like sorry we weren't open during your spot whatever I get people flying in from all over the country that don't even get to go to this festival the hotel's that people spent the time they took off of work to come to New York City on Labor Day weekend. The third day opens. Uh, it opens on time. But the problem is for everybody that had missed the first day, allegedly, and I, I didn't get confirmation, but multiple people have commented this. So it, it's possible that it's true. But I've also gotten comments that said, no, they didn't do that. So again, you don't know. But one of the theories, allegedly, is that Izu 
was like replacing tickets from people that had day one tickets that weren't able to go and giving them day two and three tickets. So by midday, a few, and these festivals, because it's a light and laser show, it's for nighttime. So they were opening the gates at like one or two Mm -hmm. and going until like one o'clock at night or something like that. It was like a long all the way. Right. And these people were showing up that didn't have tickets for day three. And they had to shut the gates early because they were over capacity a few hours after gates opened because they had allowed all these people in. This is stressing me out. It's so stressful. And so I even made a video about how to get a chargeback, what the difference between a refund and a chargeback is, what you might be able to get refunds for, what your credit card company like might help you with. And then also I said, and if you're one of those people that have hotel rooms and flights and transportation and food and all of this stuff and you didn't get to go in... I would save all of those receipts for any possible lawsuits that might come out of this. I mean, it's it's a terrifying situation. And so many people were like, I have been a diehard Izu fan. I've gone every single year. And this is the last time I will ever go. You guys have run this show into the ground. This was the worst festival I've ever been to. This was the worst EDM event I've ever been to. Like, you've done a disservice to the community. I mean, they were like, you guys are dead to us. Like it was very interesting to watch. How do you put that event on and not just be dying of panic and anxiety as tens of thousands of people are waiting for you to get your shit together? Did you watch Trainwreck? Woodstock 99, the documentary on Netflix? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Woodstock 99. Yes, I've seen that one. Holy fuck, that documentary gave me so much anxiety. Oh my god, I remember when that was happening. Music festivals really scare me now. I just, I feel like a lot of shit goes down at them. People that put these things on just seem often, and obviously hundreds of music festivals happen every year where nothing bad happens, but I've just heard too many experiences. Honestly, It's really lucky that nobody got trampled and died. Oh, I found videos of people. They stormed the gates. Like people were like, you can't come in. We're over capacity. And they're like, fuck you. And stormed the gates. And I have videos of, and there's cops and security just standing there like, as people are just, it was just so unsafe. So many people were commenting how unsafe it was, how hot it was. They didn't have enough water. There wasn't enough shade. There wasn't proper transportation, how people were stuck on the island for hours after the event trying to get off. They couldn't get off. Like the ferries were just, just wild. Just wild. This gives me so much anxiety. This is going to sound like some white privilege ass bullshit, but I'm sorry. The idea of being stuck in a really hot place with no shade or water, like just makes my heart beat up a little bit. Yeah. I don't like that. I understand that a lot of people, you know, live in super fucking hot places. Right. And don't have air conditioning and don't have a lot to do about it. So I don't mean to sound whiny, but I am and probably so many of us are now because of electronics and stuff. But I am on the neurodivergent spectrum. So really hot weather Mm -hmm. like and being overheated Mm -hmm. immediately makes me feel nauseous. It gives me anxiety. So the idea of being stuck in that situation and then add 70,000 people and the fact that I'm fucking stranded there unless I what walk off of this island like yeah. There's like a footbridge and there's like a road. That is so stressful, dude. I'm not going to a festival ever again. 
I've never been, so I don't know. So this is all just from like pictures I saw. There could be additional roads and things, but ferries, like a ferry dock, a road and a footbridge seemed to be the way that you could get on and off the island. It just seemed poorly planned. It seemed more about money than about people having a good time. Festivals, I don't think are humongous money makers because of how much it takes to put on. You know, like you think back to Fire Festival, Billy's trying to create a city on an island and charging $500 starting tickets. I mean, it's just weird. It just, it seems like a scam. And I told people, if you feel like you were scammed, if you didn't actually get to use the tickets that you actually bought because someone oversold the third day and, you know, all three days were botched for you, then you need to contact your credit card company and do a chargeback because you did not receive the product you purchased. And that is one of the stipulations of being able to do that. There were a lot of younger people who were like, I've never, yeah, like I've never been a part of this or I've never seen anything like this. And I was like, they've made multiple documentaries about festivals like blowing up in people's faces. So I don't blame the victims for going or anything like that, but it is unfortunately not an uncommon occurrence for things like this to happen on these magnitude scales. I don't remember when tours stopped and festivals started, but um, I miss like the Warp Tour or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Bring that back. Like when they come to your town for the day and you just go and get a bad sunburn and have a great time and come home with some merch. Yes. And that's it. And you're not flying to a place where you're stranded for days on end. No. And it's multiple days. My friend who's also has been on the show before, Jessica, the big weird mom, she was at Burning Man. Mm. And everything that happened with Burning Man, there was with all the rain we've gotten here, on the East Coast this year, the ground was still very saturated. And then the hurricane that sort of came around and swept around, very strange, it never hit San Diego, but it, it yeah. skipped over San Diego and it hit the desert really bad. And so there's lots of flash flooding. And then a couple weeks later, when Burning Man happened, there was more rain and the ground was already super saturated and it just caused even more flooding. I believe there was at least one death. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, someone was electrocuted while they were Ugh. working on their generator or something that i heard Uh, again i'm not sure i i read i read my news in the comment section of like these posts because i i tend to find more information there than google yeah when getting down to the bottom of like what's actually happening or reddit yeah reddit is a treasure trove yeah lots of people on the ground reporting what was happening and so if anybody's really interested in looking into the izu thing i have a probably at least four or five videos about it on my TikTok. And um, I can link them in the show notes, actually, to make it easier for people to find. But it was a very interesting thing. And I didn't think that I would ever cover another festival outside of Firefest, But here I am covering it. So it was interesting. Well, I did a season of That's So Fucked Up Presents called Feisty Festivals. And we covered Firefest, Astro World, which is... Oh, yeah. An astronomical fucking bummer of a story and Travis Scott and mm-hmm. and I think Drake. I remember that. Ugh, but that, that one's hard for me. Can go fuck themselves. And then we also, before that, covered Trainwreck, Woodstock 99. I can't remember one of the episodes, the other episodes that we covered, but I was like, dude, we cannot – I can't do another story where a bunch of people go to a festival right. and either get sexually assaulted or trampled. I was like, we can't do another right. one of those. I just can't do it. It's tale as old as time no. at this point. 
It really is, unfortunately. So I did one called Fun Religious Festivals, and I looked at some religious festivals that they do seasonally around the world. Krampusnatch is a night where... (laughs) I was thinking like midsummer or something, being like, what are you getting yourself into? What is this, like the Wicker Man? (laughs) This was right around, it was at Christmas time. So I was looking for Christmas festivals. So there was, it's called like Krampus Knot or something, but that doesn't sound nearly as cool. So it was Krampus Snatch where people dress up like Krampus and chase little kids and hit them with brooms and shit, which I thought was funny, but also kind of disturbing. Mm -hmm. That's German, right? Fucking probably. By the way, my partner the other day was looking for a place in Germany for his friend to stay on Airbnb and just like stumbled upon a fucking BDSM rental. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, that is so Germany, you know, (laughs) that is so German. (laughs) That is so well, 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 isn't that very German? You know, it's (laughs) like I was like that. I don't know. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, and then there's Takanaki, which happens somewhere, I believe, in South America. And on Christmas Day, they do a fight club type of deal where the whole village gathers and you call out people. Okay. Do you know airing your grievances from Seinfeld? I swear to God, dude, it is fucking Festivus. Like there's for the rest of us. There's no metal pole that I know of, but you you air your grievances. People fucking fist fight on Christmas, even kids, and then they hug after and they're like, New Year? Hey, you fucked my neighbor. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. The whole town watches. They're like, Woo! And then they hug and it's like, bygones be bygones. <laughs> and you know, it's just is wild. That's amazing. People's traditions are so interesting. And I think like Fight Club Purge is kind of funny. I, I was like, I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. They wear these really kooky outfits too, just to add to the fun. <laughs> but you can be like, hey professor, didn't love that you flunked me last semester. I'm gonna fight you mm-hmm. on Takanaki. Have a good week. Watch your back. Like, it's wild. Even your boss. And some people wear masks so that they can fight their boss or whoever without with anonymity. Where is this tradition from? Peru. Amazing. It sounds Peruvian. I love it. I said, I can't do another Fire Fest or Astro World. It's Bemmer City. Because I was looking up crazy festival incidents and it's like, in 2006, everyone got trampled. And then in 2008, a bunch more people got trampled because things were poorly managed. Poorly managed. And then more people got trampled. Poor management. 
and I was just like, we don't need to tell this story again. So I found some really fun Christmas festivals. It is a, it is a, that is so fucked up though. I know. That, that's why I wanted <laughs> to keep my show broad because yes, there's just an endless stream of things in the world that make you go, wow, that's so fucked up. Yeah. And anything that makes you say that, I'm like, tell me more. So speaking of tell me more, I am reading this book, Help at Any Cost, and it's about the TTI, Troubled Teen Industry. And then they're talking about these leadership kind of programs that get real culty, uh-huh. you know, that they they send their corporate retreats and right. stuff. They do like trauma bonding mm-hmm. circles and all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. Large large group awareness training, something like that. I don't know. LGATS. Something. something. LGATS, LATS, something like that. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. We love an acronym up in here. Right. I covered one of them last year during the same time, like scams and everything. Uh-huh. PSI. Oh, there was a weird story that I covered last year that ended in like a plane crash that might have been linked to the CIA. It was very interesting. But yes, PSI was like a a large group awareness training that came out of Landmark. And you know where Landmark came from? Do you know who started that shit? Scientology. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's you guys. It's all connected. It's all culty. I have nine episodes of Scientology, Scientology-ness on my podcast. I did a segment with Apostate Alex. Yeah, he's great. He was the ex-head of book sales at the London Scientology spot. And yeah, we did a whole segment called Ash and Alex do Scientology. And we went through the the bridge to total freedom. And yeah, that's a mind fucking a half. I tell you what. Yeah. So anyways, I'm reading this book about the troubled teen industry and they said that and I know that you have a special vested interest in this company that they sent people who signed up to be retailers or fucking whatever for holiday magic (gasps) they sent them to one of these large group trainings do you know about this do you know about this yes this links all like to PSI and they made them fillet dildos Right? No, I didn't know about that. Bitch, let me get my book. I made a note. Hold on. Hold on. What? That's so fucked up. I swear there are just some things that you only read about in books. Okay, you guys, this is from Help at Any Cost by Maya Salovitz. As early as the 1950s, however, there were tales from business people of sensitivity training or T-groups that didn't improve team relationships but ended them. A 1972 expose of the Leadership Dynamics Institute called The Pit, a group encounter to find, told of brutal beatings during its four-day seminars, which is in quotes. It recounted the story of a man who was forced to fillet a dildo in front of a group and others who were made to lie in sealed coffins, hung from crosses by ropes, or locked in cages for hours, even days, without opportunity to eat, sleep, or use a bathroom. The Holiday Magic Cosmetics Company, later exposed as a pyramid scheme, had required its employees to complete the non-refundable $1,000 course as well as a training seminar called Mind Dynamics, both Werner Erhard, the founder of Est, and John Hanley, who started the similar group Lifespring, began as instructors in this organization. 
Dang. Yeah, I knew about some of that. I didn't know about the filleting of the dildos. But I knew about the coffins and I knew about all this. Why? How does this help you be a better cosmetic saleswoman or men? It doesn't. It just knocks you down a peg. That's all. Okay. As somebody who has been in probably some pretty wacky situations, would you at this point have said, you know what? I don't want to sell leggings that bad. Or do you think you would have been kind of so deep in the group think that they would have been able to spin this as as a good thing somehow? I don't know if any of that stuff was ever supposed to get out. I think they thought maybe that they kept everybody scared enough that nobody would say, this is what happened to me. Oh, no, they didn't think that would be public. <laughs> I mean, it's like like the Scientology hole. It's like the same kind of thing. Oh, that it never ends? Well, no, that like you're a bad person and you go to these places and they like abuse you, but it's like for your own good. Right. Like we're going to beat you up and we're going to make you feel horrible and do horrible, traumatic, disgusting things to you. But don't worry, it's going to make you a better person. Like it builds character. It's friendly. Well, and what's interesting, I guess, is also after you go through this fucking shit experience because you've just been so like pounced on and stomped on for however long you do get a sense of euphoria and transformation because you're just fucking relieved that you're not in this like hyper state of stress anymore right i mean think about like hot yoga and all of the crap that went on with Mm. all of the Mm -hmm. culty stuff there and the hot yoga and putting yourself into situations where you're not 100 yourself transformative it's not just yoga you guys it's not just yoga yeah also you couldn't fucking pay me to exercise in a sauna okay it's a that's, lot that's insanity it's a lot there's a lot of really really strange things that uh that these sort of creepy groups really like rely on to make everything run smoothly it's just they're all cults. And, you know, you look at Dr. Stephen Hassan's bite model or really even better, the influence continuum, especially since you said this whole cult spectrum. And you can look really anything that you do in your life, even if you're like, this kind seems a little culty, go to the influence continuum and be like, why is the leader really charismatic? Yeah. Yeah, really. Who did who who's that by? I haven't even heard of that. Dr. Stephen Hassan. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm well aware of the bite model, but I hadn't heard of the... So essentially, the influence continuum, and I'm going to have him come on the show and talk about it, but it's a scale for like each sort of trait or thing. I don't know. Like it would be like, is your leader more like jovial or are they more authoritarian? And it's a scale, right? Mm -hmm. And you can sort of scale yourself and say, oh, well, they're, they're not, they're not very authoritarian or I'm not forced to do these things. And you can realize some things are not really cults, but they're a little culty. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, like being a Swifty is a little culty, but it's not a cult. I could leave at any time. You know, it's that kind of stuff. It's just like being a fan of something or like loving something. Did I catch a little defensiveness there? I love Taylor Swift. Listen, you guys, I can leave any fucking time I want. Okay. I love her. I love her. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not sorry, though. You don't have to apologize to me. She's not a divisive person for me. No, no. She's great. I mean, I'm not a Swifty. I could change you. I could. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, (laughs) Tony would probably challenge you because 
Tony, she's one of my amazing listeners and admins and researchers, and she loves all the cult shit, so she'll definitely be listening to this episode. <laughs> but Tony is one of the most dedicated Swifties I've ever met, and she makes that well known in the Discord. And listen, I love me some Taylor, you know, like she's got some bops. She does. But I'm just not, I'm not like freaking out over it, you know. Give it time. <laughs> we'll find you an era. We'll find you an era that you connect with. And then once you connect with an era, it's all over. I like, look what you made me do, Taylor. That's reputation. That's my favorite. But you know what? According to Paul and Morgan, you know, non-fundamentalist, <clears throat> uh, according to them, influencers, Taylor Swift is in cahoots with witchery. Mm, yeah. Have you seen the rituals that she does on stage? Yes, they're fantastic. That makes me like her more. It's very scary. It's scary stuff. She had trees and cloaks and smoke and fog. It was amazing. It's provocative. Did you go? Were you there? Oh, yes. Oh, she was there, you guys. Probably so many bitches are just like kind of hate listening just for a second because they're like, I love you, Roberta, but kind of fuck you. I will say that I took some images and some videos of every little bit, and then I have a whole Instagram story so people can live it with me if they want. Oh, see, you guys, she was thinking about you. And you can go to the Eras movie, and it's going to be amazing, too. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> That's probably going to be bigger than Barbie. Do you think? No, I don't know. Barbie was amazing. Barbie was so good. I'm waiting for it to stream, which I believe is tomorrow. Oh, my God. So is it? Yeah. We're from the past. You guys are in the future. You guys are like, it's already streaming. We've already watched it a thousand times. Oh, that's right. People already know all of the stats we're speculating. <laughs> Telemarketers on HBO <gasps> was fantastic. That is on my to watch list. That's great to know. You got to watch it. So good. I'm sure Michelle told you about it because she was really obsessed for like two whole days about everybody watching Two it. whole days. And then I watched it and she was like, see? Like, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? Have you watched it yet? You guys need to watch it. Like, and then she just dropped it after two days? Well, then I watched it and she stopped harassing me about Oh, okay. It. Then she – okay. <laughs> I'll watch it. It was good. It was good. I'm sorry, Michelle. I love you. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Also, I know you were about to wrap it up. I could sense it. But I wanted to ask one more thing. Okay, really quick. I know. Final question. What do you think about the trad wives? It's weird. Yeah. But live and let live. Not my circus, not my monkeys. I mean, kind of my circus, but not my monkeys for sure. So if you just want to mind fuck yourself, dig real deep into it. It's a little too little house on the prairie for me. Dude, there's one girl named SDC Williams. I'm not trying to give her traction, even though I just did. But she talks about like living a faith-based lifestyle and stuff, but... She looks like Marilyn Monroe and has like a 32 waist and triple D titties that are out all the time. And I'm like, you're out here on TikTok with your tits out living a traditional wife life. Like, I don't know. Not my monkeys. I know. I, I need to. I need to stop, but I can't. <laughs> I can't stop. It is bewildering because... When you're outside of the circle, it looks so much different, you know, and I've never been in that circle. So I don't I've never like done a deep dive into them. So it to me, it's just kind of 
Well, Lindsay Williams from Shiny Happy People told me to look into them. So I did. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to have Lindsay come on and we're just going to talk about trad wives and then I won't have to look into it. There you go. (laughs) I'm going to listen to that for sure. She's a hot topic right now. She's great. Hi, Lindsay, if you're listening. Well, I just want to say thank you for coming on and having this really fun chat. It, It was really good to sort of just have a good time and talk about all of the things that we talk about. Before I ask you some questions really quick and wrap this up, please let me know or let my listeners know all of the places they can find you. Everywhere. Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find us at TSFE the podcast on, I'm just going to say Instagram. We're other places, but I don't check them. So just don't go. And TSFEthepodcast.com. You can find all of our listening platforms, our Patreon, merch, uh, murder bingo, cult bingo. We we play bingo along with episodes when I remember. And that's really fun. And then, yeah, you can also find there in the From the Cultiverse tab all of my culty adventures. Amazing. Come say hi. Okay. So you ready for some rapid fires? Yes. Oh, these are specific to you and the title of your show. Okay. Wow. Okay. Cool. So, give me a word that encompasses how you feel about fucked up things. Passionate. Uh, give me a warning to somebody who is looking into maybe joining something that you've already discovered is pretty fucked up. Well, I think Roberta has MLMs pretty covered. So I'm going to say just like really be weary of the yoga classes you go to. Right. That's all that's coming to mind right now. I feel like I have a better answer, but you fucking caught me off guard with the rapid fire. uh, (laughs) It's not just yoga. Be careful. I don't know. What is the most fucked up thing you've seen doing your show? Oh, oh my God. That is woof. I would have to say there's a couple serial killers that were just so horrendous that the things that they did to people will forever haunt my dreams. And that's part of the reason I don't cover murder. It's just like it's really disturbing. I don't think there's much I can do about it. You know, yeah. What is the hardest lesson you learned deep diving fucked up things? The more you talk about stuff that people don't want to open their eyes to, the more angry that they're going to get and you might get bad reviews or trolls. And it's not about you though. It's because they're in a fucking cult and they don't like you calling that out. That's true. And a positive takeaway from your time digging into the fucked up. Oh my gosh. I just, I love it. I would be, I don't know what else I would be so happy doing. I I think one of the most incredible things for me is when somebody messages me and says, hey, you got me thinking about this thing or you made me realize this was fucked up or, you know, you being open about mental health inspired me to go to therapy or my job is boring as fuck and you make it go by faster. Like if I know that I'm helping people in some way by making them feel less alone because I'm no stranger to loneliness. <laughs> what up mental illness? Um or laugh or learn then that, you know, there's no like selfless good deeds. I mean, making other people feel good makes me feel good. So, what can you do? 
what am I going to not feel good about it? You know, I mean, don't you feel, isn't it nice when somebody reaches out and they say, Roberta, I left LuLaRoe or Beachbody. Mm -hmm. It does. Or Avon. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of those messages. So I have a lot of people that are, that are in MLMs that find this and connect with the stories and it helps them with their cognitive dissonance. And they eventually email me and say, I wanted you to be the first person to know that I just resigned from my MLM. And I was like, oh my God, congratulations. Fucking awesome. Yeah. And I always send them like a little fun, like, yay, good for you kind of message Hell back. Yeah. Because it's really, really empowering. And the fact that I even get to be a part of that in someone's life is amazing. It was one of the, the best things about being a hairstylist was when my clients would like get married or like have big events and they would ask me to do their hair and makeup was like being a part of their life other than just getting trims, you know? And so I get to keep that because I was really bummed leaving the salon that I would not feel that anymore. And I get to still feel that with helping people and having them say, you know, like you said something that made me look into something or made me realize something like you were saying, and I've changed my perspective or I've changed my life because of it. And it's just, it's, it's not why I do it, but it's definitely a really big plus side to having to talk about this really fucked up stuff all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Also, I would be bored looking into stuff that wasn't fucked up. I, you know, it it also comes from a place of morbid interest. I'll be honest. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It was really wonderful to finally meet you face to face and have this conversation. Yeah, thank you. And you have to come on my show next. Deal. And we'll talk about something that's not MLMs just for fun. works for me. And to... You know, take a breather from this $1.9 billion soul-sucking industry. Yeah, insane. Have a great day, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode that Roberta had me on. It was really fun. That's so awkward. I'm a really awkward goodbyer. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast or visit our website at lifeaftermlmpod.com. Life After MLM is produced by Roberta Blevins. Audio editing is done by the lovely Kayla Craven. Video editing by the indescribable RK Gold. And Michelle Carpenter is our triple emerald princess of robots. If you have a story about a cult, fraud, scam, or MLM and want to be on the show, please hit us up. We would love to help you tell your story and start your healing journey in Life After MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.